What's up, everybody out there in internet land? Welcome to the Remote Gaming Podcast, Episode 3. What is the Remote Gaming Podcast, you may be wondering? Why, it is a podcast made by gamers, for gamers, and comes to you, the listener, each and every week from two friends who live on opposite sides of the country to bring you the hottest gaming news and industry insights, as well as an in-depth topic to culminate our discussion of that great pastime we all love, video games. I am one of those gamers and one of your hosts, Joseph King. Joining me, as always, is the often imitated but never duplicated genie of the lamp, Kevin Corkum. <laughs> How you doing, Joseph? You doing well? I'm great, man. How you been? I've been good. Good. Busy. We've been uh, trying to move into a new apartment, so we finally kind of finalized everything and we'll be moving in there on Thursday. So it's exciting. We've been, last couple weeks, we've been trying to figure out where we're moving, what apartment, all that stuff. So it's been a little crazy and stressful, but it's, uh, oh, it's the worst. There's, it sucks. There's nothing worse than moving, but we we're upgrading two bedrooms. So it's going to be, it's going to be really nice. I'm going to have a little, uh, dedicated desk, hopefully over there. So I'll be able to record podcasts and stream and all that kind of stuff. So it's going to be, it's going to be really nice. Looking forward to it. What about you? I've been good, man. Uh, yeah. Like, um, I, we moved into our house a year ago um, and I, I, it's like moving does suck. It's horrible. But then you get past that like first two weeks. And then, then when you're settled in, cause it takes about two weeks, week to two to get completely settled after you get all the boxes unpacked, you remember where all your shit is that you've put in drawers and all that stuff. But after you get that done, I think it's, it, it pays off. You'll, you'll, you'll enjoy it. I'm sure. Um, I've been great. Just, uh, you know, I go back to see my doctor. Uh, for those who don't know, I had shoulder surgery back in February, and I go back to see my doctor next week. So hopefully, I can go back to work. Um, but with that being said, uh, as things kind of calm down with coronavirus and stuff, as we go back to work, we still will be bringing the podcast uh, each and every week as we can. Um, but other than that, man, I've been I've been pretty good. Other than the bullshit that's currently going on in the world right now. Yeah, there's there's a lot going on. It's really sad and uh it's it's tough. I mean, it it is we are living in a very crazy unprecedented time. We haven't seen things like this probably since the 60s with with riots and protests and yeah, it's all of these bad. things. It's it is. It's it's getting a little ugly out there. Um so hopefully everybody is staying safe and uh being responsible and uh, understanding that there is still a virus out there. If you're out protesting and, and things, be careful, please wear your masks, try and social distance as much as possible. Uh, I know it's difficult, but it, the, the numbers are going to skyrocket. I have a for feeling. Sure. For sure. I, I, I hate it's, it's twofold. Like I hate the world that like I have a, I have a, she just turned into today. She's 17 months old today. I have a 17 month old daughter and you know, I hate the world that we are leaving for her. And I hate this hatred, this, this racism that exists, that it's 2020, we should be much more progressive as a society and just the injustice that are taking place in the, uh, the black community and, and towards, uh, people in general is just, it's, it's, it's sickening, but at the same time, you know, we're also in the midst of, uh, a very large, pandemic that has gripped the entire globe and it, it's it's hard i know i have friends that want to go protest i have i have uh you know people that in healthcare that want to protest but aren't and it's just I, I i get it i i understand where both sides are coming from um i'll, I'll like i'll and we're, we're not going to get too political on this podcast all i can say is just like kevin said you know be safe try to uh 
do everything that's in your exercise, any right you have as an American citizen. Um, but try and stay within the confines of the law, even though some people in law enforcement are not doing that. Try and what we we what we need to do as people is just be better uh, to one another. So, um, but yeah, uh, with that being said, we'll kind of kick it over into the news. Uh, we did have a very which we're we're still going to talk about it um, this week. Uh, Sony announced on Thursday, June fourth, was scheduled to be a big PS five reveal event. Um, now, did they come out directly, Kevin, and say it is a PS5 reveal event, or did they just say it was going to be their event and the PS5 was going to be discussed? Yeah, they said that it was going to be mainly more about the games, I think. Uh, when they first released a statement, they said, you know, the future of, of gaming and the PlayStation 5. They didn't necessarily say they were going to show anything hardware-wise or software-wise. It was going to be focused on games. Now, whether or not I truly believe that, I'm not sure. I think we may have seen the box um, definitely, I don't think we would see pricing, but we they may have shown us the box in, in some sizzle reel or something like that. But uh, yeah, it was supposed to be just based on the games. I, I would hope so. I, ho- I would hope we see the box. I remember. Uh, but at the same time, you know, devil's advocate to that, uh, when the PS4 was initially announced, they didn't show the PS4 at all. Uh, they just had they talked about the games that were going to be on. I think uh, Infamous was on there. Uh, um, what was it? Uh, Killzone. Killzone. Yeah, and some a few other things, uh, but they didn't have the console out there at their stage presentation. With this being an online event, I would assume they would show something of what a consumer retail product was going to look like. But uh, that's not going to happen at all now. Um, they Sony, we got breaking news by about five minutes before we started recording this podcast, and uh, Sony announced on their Twitter. Um, we have decided, this is a quote from Sony, uh, we have decided to postpone the PlayStation 5 event scheduled for June 4th. While we understand gamers worldwide are excited to see PS5 games, we do not feel that right now is a time for celebration, and for now, we want to stand back and allow more important voices to be heard, end quote. Uh, I get it, and I, I, I think that is the right, it's definitely the right PR move to do at a time like this. Absolutely. Um, I, I'm I'm with them 100%. I think it's classy, um, especially that last statement. You know, we want to stand back and allow more important voices to be heard. But from a gamer standpoint and, and just a person living, trying to live in this horrible breakdown of society, uh, I was really looking forward to this event to kind of get some normalcy, to kind of take a step back from coronavirus and, you know, racism and politics and all that and just kind of throw that shit aside for a minute and just kind of enjoy video games and now that's not going to happen and it's a shame but i i totally understand why they did it yeah i agree with you it it definitely sucks it was something i was looking forward to as a nice little break from all of this stuff that you can't seem to escape and rightfully so it's you know we're we're dealing with unprecedented times here in the united states um, and uh, other countries are getting involved now with their own protests and, and forms of uh, of protest, I guess, uh, for lack of a, another word. And uh, I, Sony did the right thing here. They they should have done this. This was the right thing to do, I think. Uh, it just does. It is a little disappointing. We were looking forward to seeing PS5 games and they announced it and it had that cool little sizzle reel with the black controller and everything it was really cool. And, uh, you know, obviously... A, uh, more important things are happening right now, which I understand. So we need to uh, give light to those voices. I think Sony described it perfectly in their statement is that, you know, now's not the time necessarily to celebrate the PlayStation 5. We need to 
let other more important voices be heard. And I, I think that nailed it right there. For sure. For sure. Um, and they, they haven't given a date yet of when they will talk about it. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming it's probably postponed a week, maybe, maybe two. I, I would assume that probably sometime next week we'll get maybe another announcement of when it's going to be. Um, but who knows? I mean, these things, they're happening in the world right now. Uh, we don't know when things are going to calm down. I mean, they could get worse uh, before it, it, things often tend to get worse before they get better. So yes. uh, we, we don't know. All we know is uh, they are still slated uh, to have a release this holiday season for that console. And so hopefully, um, I mean, that's, that's the main thing, right? I mean, yeah, seeing these games and getting uh, to an idea of what we're going to be spending probably close to $500 on is 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 ideal uh but at the same time i think you and me both speak for most gamers out there that are that are already planning on purchasing this piece of hardware it will be there day one you know they know that they know that um but to kind of coincide with the event that they were going to announce uh jim ryan recently did an interview uh this comes via gamesindustry.biz via christopher dring out there at games industry uh he did an interview with them and uh he kind of spoke on the future of playstation uh, Sony and the PS5 uh, quote. He says, it's been a real roller coaster of a year. Uh, we realized a couple of months ago that we were going to have to spend a lot of time paying attention to the PS4 community than we had anticipated as that community, along with everybody else in the world, went into lockdown. We have devoted a lot of effort to making sure our networks work. Uh, I am really proud of what we've done there. And the days when Sony was criticized for the resilience of its networking activity, that should be consigned to history. The levels of engagement are just off the radar screen, both in terms of the number of people and the amount of time that they're playing, and the network has stood up just fine. We are going to get to The Last of Us Part Two out at the end of next month, and we're going to get Ghost of Tsushima out the month after that, and both with only small delays. And really, they were delays that were born out of complete uncertainty about the distribution scenario when we had to pull that trigger. It was like the world was heading into a big black hole, and we didn't know whether the internet would be working. We didn't know whether warehouses would be able to operate. Um, he then goes on to say, and then there was play at home initiative where we made a couple of games available for, well, everybody, but with particular relevance to those who financially were financially strapped, but we obviously principally occupied with getting ready for PS five. I think most businesses would find themselves challenged with the working from home environment. I do think that the way the various groups of within the PlayStation has responded has been magnificent. Uh, There are hardware engineers who are having to work without being able to get to China, uh, where PS5 will be assembled. Um, He goes in to talk about how tough that will, uh, that they're going to make games uh, for gamers, uh, going to launch this holiday. We're going to launch globally. We're really looking forward to it, and it's going to be a blast, end quote. Um, Then he goes on to talk about the cost of the system. Uh, recent quote, recent history show told us that the gaming is one of the past times and one of the businesses that benefits in economically difficult times. It's quite logical. People do not have the money to go out. So they stay home. Now, who knows how this recession is going to look, how deep it will be and how long it will last. It could be that the historic templates, the historic models and those that have applied in the past may not apply this future. I think the best way that we can address this is providing the best value possible uh, proposition that we can. I don't necessarily mean lowest price. Value is a combination of many things in our area. It means games, number of games, depth of games, breadth of games, quality of games, price of games, all of these things and how they avail themselves of the of the feature set platform in quote. So yeah, I want to talk about that for a minute, Kevin. Um, we, we've all kind of speculated that this system is probably going to cost four ninety nine. Yep. 
I think is general consensus in the gaming community of how much the Xbox Series X and the PlayStation 5 are both going to cost. With that being said, it is, you know, it's been a quarantine. People have been at home. Sony is not stupid. They know that people are kind of strapped for cash. Do you see it launching cheaper than that, maybe? No, I don't. I, 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 unless they're, they're ready to take a significant loss on the hardware, which generally every company does take a loss on hardware. Um, it's the profit margins are very, very slim on those consoles. Uh, it, I mean, if they want to sell the copies, they will, but I think they're going to sell them regardless. And I'm worried that they're not going to be at full production even when it does launch. I'm worried that we're only going to get a fraction of the consoles that we would have gotten if the coronavirus had not hit. Uh, nation, sure. uh, countrywide, nationwide, worldwide, you know, it's, it's pretty bad. So between distribution and manufacturing, they, there's no way that they're going on the same schedule that they were if all of this hadn't started. So, uh, I'm going to, I think that there, you're going to see the 499 price point. I would be shocked if it was anything less than that. Um, I think actually $500 is a good price for what we're getting. I think anything less would be, uh, egregious honestly it would not be great for sony unless they just for the sheer reason wanted to sell a ton of ps5s for sure i, I think uh from a business point and a you know a, a capitalist standpoint sony uh, they're they're already like you said they are going to cut they're at a loss i, I think everything that i've reviewed in the specs uh when that i talked about in our first episode um this console is probably like if they priced it for what's in it, it's probably up there to an eight hundred to maybe eleven hundred dollar piece of hardware. Um, but they are selling it at a loss um, distribution cost. It's probably about you know anywhere from eight hundred to a thousand dollars. I think is how much they could could charge for it if they really wanted to. Uh, but yeah, I, I completely agree with you. I don't think it's going to be cheaper just because of the quarantine and jim ryan's quote pretty much backs that up he's saying hey i don't just necessarily mean uh best possible value um doesn't mean no lowest price it just means the value of our games i think uh if this thing launches with the games it has a good launch library i i think it'll sell just fine but like you said i do think that uh we're gonna be on the lower end of uh consoles available at launch usually consoles are Genuinely, I, I remember PS4, Walmart sold out of PS4s um, at launch, and I think you're going to be seeing the same thing this year, but because of that uh, lower availability. Yeah, I agree. Uh, it's going to be really hard to get your hands on a PS5. Uh, that's just kind of what I'm, I, what I have realized and come to understand is that it's going to be limited. And, you know, the people that get on, get on an early in pre-order, get it, you know, November and the early months there will be lucky. And the rest of us who might not be able to pick it up right away or whatever the case may be, they have to wait. I'm, I'll probably end up getting it right around launch, but who knows? Because they could sell out before I, I can even click on the websites. These these consoles are, people are crazy about them. Yeah, so. yeah. Um, 
and you know that's okay if for those that aren't going to be able to show up the $500 to purchase this day one. Uh, like I said, that's just our general guesstimate. We don't know how much this thing is going to cost. They probably were going to announce it on Thursday, I'm assuming at the end of the show, but uh, that has been postponed. So we'll, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, but Jim Ryan also goes on this interview uh, to say, uh, don't worry, they're not abandoning PS4 anytime soon. We have always, quote, uh, we have always felt that we had a responsibility to serve that uh, in uh, uh, PS4 community for several years after the launch of PS5 and that it represented a huge business opportunity for us. The numbers are quite straightforward. If you say in broad brush figures that we have a community of over 100 million PS4 owners right now and in the first couple of years, I don't know, somewhere between 15 to 25 million might migrate to PS5. That still leaves a huge number of people with PS4s. And that community is demonstrating an amazing stickness and willingness to stay engaged that I think the events of the past few months have just reinforced what we already knew, end quote. So that that's that's really cool that, you know, it's it's good news for uh, us fans as as. PS4 owners, um, that, that, that system is not going to get abandoned and most consoles don't. I mean, the hell, I think, uh, I want to say they, the, the last PS3 game got made in 2017 or 2018. And it was a, it was FIFA that was, uh, they do a port every year to PS3. And I think the last one was, uh, FIFA 19 in 2018 that went to PS3. So they they genuinely do support these consoles well into other consoles' life cycles. Um, but uh, I'm assuming every future PS4 game will also be available on PS5. Yeah, I'm assuming for a long time that's going to be the case. It'll run better on PlayStation 5. The sound will be better, but they'll be able to port it to PS4 uh, pretty easily. And they have so many PS4s in the wild, they would be dumb not to do that because you're going to leave all of those people in the dust. And uh, what do you think about backwards compatibility? Do you think the PS5 is going to have a lot of backwards compatibility? I mean, that would be another selling point, but uh, how far back would that even go? We're talking about, you know, online servers and this and that. Like, you know, if they bring back Uncharted 2 or whatever you can play on your PS5, do they open online servers for that game? I mean, these are all crazy questions that you kind of have to think about now, you know? You know, I'm glad you said that because I was just about to say, I really hope that, you know, because like I said, I'm probably going to be buying PS5 on launch. Um, I know you are too. I have some other friends that I play like Call of Duty with. I don't know how many of them are going to be getting it at launch. And I I 100% believe that Call of Duty on PS5 will, you you can probably form lobbies with PS4. I would assume. If you can form a lobby now in Modern Warfare with PC to P- PS4, I don't think it's outright to say that uh, PS5 and PS4 can have crossplay. Um, now, as far as like other games getting their own servers built up for the PS5, I don't know. I think you would have to see that would have to come with like a new version of that game. Like say they remastered Uncharted again or something, uh, or they p- ported the Nathan Drake collection. Um, if it, and who knows it, it might be able to run natively on the same servers that they're using right now. Like say, say for instance, you were downloading the Nathan Drake collection from the PlayStation store on your PS five. I would assume that, uh, the archetype type, uh, for the hardware to, to run that game online would probably work just, would just the same. Don't you? Yeah, I think it would. I wouldn't see a massive issue with it. We do know that, uh, you know, software side Xbox has kind of taken the, 
taken the cake with that with all of their backwards compatibility and Sony struggled with it for a really long time they haven't been able to figure a lot of things out I mean look at how much of a nightmare the changing your PSN names were and they just don't seem to they do the they do the hardware well but the software they just can't get it together and you know Xbox is able to emulate all of their older games and things like that and Sony hasn't been able to do it I really hope they figure it out for PS5 it would be a big selling point I think uh, I know some other people in the in the games industry don't think that backwards compatibility really matters to gamers, but I I disagree. I think I think it I does disagree matter. completely. Yeah, I'd completely disagree on that. Yeah, I, I think it's very important. I think it's something Sony needs to work out. And I think that if Xbox comes out, you know, and they're like, you can play whatever the hell you want on this thing, it may take a lot of people from from you know that had PS4s into buying the Xbox Series X. Um, so Sony's got to watch out if they're if they're worried about that kind of stuff. For sure. I think they need to get out of their own way on this issue. Um, the, the backwards compatibility this generation and uh, cross-play this generation has all hinged on Sony. You know, Nintendo and uh, Microsoft and, and uh, the PC community, they, they're all for it. They are all trying to... Uh, do this. It's Sony has been the one that stopped Epic and Fortnite from having that crossplay for so long, and now it's finally here. And I think I think it's went on long enough that I think they realized where they fucked up, and that I think I'll make a prediction. I think this coming generation, the PS5 and the Xbox Series X, this is going to be the generation for crossplay. I think most, if not every single game, especially third party games that are on. Both systems are going to be crossplay if it's internet capable. I would imagine, you and if they don't, think. that's so stupid. Yeah, so. you got to think they get that done. So, I mean, it, time will tell. Uh, but yeah, uh, Jim Ryan's kind of put some uh, qualmed our fears a little bit. He's 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 kind of calmed us down and helped uh, lay the door work to know that you know the future looks bright. But hey, we're the the present is still pretty good as far as video games go. Uh, next piece of the news story: um, the goat himself that many people think of him is when they think greatest game developers of all time uh, is kind of pissed off. Uh, Hideo Kojima had a project canceled. This comes to you via Andy Robinson at video games, chronicles.com. Uh, uh, this was a interview that they translated from the Japanese site live door um, from the actual uh article it states uh, the metal gear excuse me <laughs> the metal gear creator made the comments in an extensive interview with japanese site live door in which he also reflects on the sales performance of death stranding asked about the plans for his next game kojima said quote it's still very early in the planning stages so i can't say much about it but on the down low i'm actively working on it recently a major project of mine got canceled so i'm pretty pissed but that's the game's industry for you end quote now what do you make of this, Kevin? Was what what could possibly have pissed Kojima off to like what 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 do you think got canceled? Now that their rumor has it that the whatever he's working on his studio is working on now is a horror game. Um, many people think that Sony is somehow uh, rumored to be acquiring the rights from Konami to make Silent Hills again, but I don't think it's that. I think it's its own. I think he's just making a horror game. But what do you think this project was that got canceled? 
I have no idea. With Kojima, you can never be so sure. Um, because, I mean, <laughs> if, you, if, if, you, if, if this were a couple years ago and, and let's say Death Stranding got canceled for some reason and we were like, what do you think it is? And I think the last thing I would say is it's a, you know, you, you play as Norman Reedus and you walk around and carry packages. <laughs> I don't really, yeah. I, it's really hard to say, but, uh, you know, it, it does suck to see that he's upset about it. Uh, that's never, that's never good, but Kojima's Kojima. I think he'll, if he really, if it's a project he really wants to make, he'll be able to make it at some point, uh, with funding and everything else right now being maybe a little weird and we're between generations, who knows, maybe the studio just kind of came in and said, uh, you know, eh, we're going to nix this project. Maybe we'll come back to it later. Maybe we won't. He puts his heart and soul into every game that he makes, for so sure. it everything to him is going to be, you know, like his creative baby. So you got to you got to let him be pissed. And and I don't know what it could be. It would be awesome if it were like a third person shooter action game, something like that, like Metal Gear style. Yeah, I'll, I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, I'm a big Metal Gear fan. It's one of my favorite series of all time. I love Kojima. Uh, but you said, you know, who knows? I'm going to say who cares because it's Kojima. That games probably wouldn't have came out for 12 years anyway. You know what I mean? Like he takes so long to work on his projects, which you know, whatever. And we'll get into that, uh, for our main topic of the show, uh, um, you know, take all the time you need. I'd rather game have polish on it than not, but for him to, I, I think this is just clickbait is all this is, uh, nothing against, uh, video game chronicles.com or anything like that. I just feel like, you know, whatever, you know, there's probably tons of developers out there that have had tons of video games that they've wanted to do and have gotten shut down. That's, that's why game developers have publishers. Um, you know, he's just coming off of uh, a project that was kind of had mixed reviews. Um, the sale numbers were decent. He even st- states in here, I think he, uh, yeah, quote, we've absolutely crossed the line we needed to cross to be in the black, including recovering development costs. So I'd call it a successful result when, in quote, when he's talking about uh, Death Stranding. But at the same time, this is one of the most pro- prolific video game developers of our time. One of the greatest influential minds uh, to ever, I mean, most video games today wouldn't exist without Hideo Kojima because he's that influential to most people in that industry. So, you know, he may call it a success. I, I think Death Stranding was probably a commercial, not failure. It just, I did you play it? No, I didn't. I didn't either. And I played, I've played every, I've even played Zone of the Enders. I've played pretty much every game Kojima has ever made. And I didn't play this. It just did not appeal to me. Uh, I liked the third, per- the, he, he does that better than anybody, that third person action adventure. Um, but this just didn't seem like it had a lot of action in it to me. And maybe I'm wrong. Um, if you played it, uh, hit us up, remote gaming podcast at gmail.com. Uh, let us know if it was good. Um, I didn't play it. It just didn't seem like my cup of tea. I heard it was kind of a lot of like, almost like a lot of fetch quest. And like I said, last week when we talked about open world games, I'm tired of fetch quests. So <laughs> yeah, uh, I saw the reviews. I saw, you know, what, what it was and how you moved around and the traversal and all the stuff. And I was just, it, uh, at the time I couldn't do it. I, I probably will sit down and play it just because it's one of those games. I, I feel like I need to play. But not not now. I'm I'm kind of uh, not in that kind in that headspace just yet. So maybe in a few months it goes on sale, something like that. I'll pick it up and play it through. But for right now, uh, I don't know. Yeah, like we said, like with Days Gone. Once that comes to PlayStation Plus, I'll buy it or I'll download it. If that ever comes to PlayStation Plus, I'll get Death Stranding. But 
that's that's probably the only way I'll do it. And I probably won't even play it to completion. But uh, uh, slow news week. Uh, last piece of news. This came uh, announced yesterday, I believe, and it is out now. So for you Nintendo Switch owners, uh, Bioshock Remastered Trilogy is out for Nintendo Switch. Um, this game, I don't know if you've played any of the... Have you played the Bioshocks, Kevin? I've played Bioshock 1. I've played a little bit of Bioshock two and i have played all of uh, bioshock infinite i played that through like seven times they are in my opinion some of the best first person shooters ever made they are they are up there and I, they would definitely make my top 100 list of video games ever made so if you've never played bioshock this is a a great uh package i think it's i think it is 60 dollars. you get three full length games uh of Bioshock 1, Bioshock 2, and Bioshock Infinite. Uh, 2 is revered as not as great, but it's still pretty good. It's still Bioshock. It plays just like the first game. Um, the story's just not as good as the uh, the first. Um, Bioshock Infinite, though, is is a masterpiece, in my opinion. That game is fantastic. Um, I think it's better. Th- I think, personally, that's my favorite Bioshock. What do, you, do you agree with that or not? Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I love Bioshock Infinite. It plays amazing. It looks amazing. The story's awesome. Buy this game. Don't be a dumb kid. If you haven't played it and you want to play it on the go on the Switch, buy it. It's so worth it. One game is worth 60 bucks still, in my opinion. So please pick it up. Don't wait. And one of the story beats of the Bioshock Infinite um, is very topical with what is happening in the world today. So it, it is about acceptance and racism, uh, racial, and-, racism and racial injustice. So uh, kind of topical for that game to kind of come out now. But uh, I, I watched the trailer on YouTube um, and it it doesn't obviously it doesn't look quite as good as PS4, Xbox and PC. Uh, but I think it, the gameplay is running at like maybe 45 to 60 frames per second. Uh, so to do that on a handheld, I think is very cool. I don't know if I'd pick this up again. I've played both of those games. As I played the first one multiple times. I played Infinite multiple times. I played the second one once. So I doubt I'd play this again. But I mean, like like Kevin had said, if you've never played these games and you own a Switch and you're looking for another game to get for the Switch, this is a steal. Uh, some some great content. Yeah, uh, you've got. I mean, those three games alone, you've got over a hundred and what do you say, hundred twenty hours probably of of gameplay. And if you yeah, want to hundred percent everything more like one fifty, yeah, for it's, sure. it, it is well worth your money. This is a, a great, great, great deal. So buy it. Yeah. Um, go support those, uh, 2k games because, uh, they do make, uh, they, they have some great titles over there and, um, I'm, I would love to have another Bioshock. And if these sales get high for the switch, that's just gives them all more reason to give us an, another one. So, um, but that pretty much wraps up the news. Uh, Kevin, what have you been playing? I have been playing, uh, well, we've we, we both been playing uh, a game I'll save for, for, we'll save that for last, but I've been playing Predator Hunting Grounds. So that is the Sony exclusive, console exclusive game um, from Ilphonic. They made Friday the 13th, which is what Joseph and I, that's how we met. We started playing that game. Um, very fond memories with that game. It was janky and ran like hell, but it was fun and charming. Um, and it it was just really fun. Like I had a lot of fun playing that game. I still pop in from time to time and play a couple matches. So I was like, like, I feel like you're about to tell me it's not as fun in predator. Uh, you are correct. I, so I bought predator. I played probably four or five hours. Um, damn it what it just missed the mark in certain ways it it still has 
it's moments where it's really fun and really intense. But the AI sucks, like not just the, like obviously the predator. So let me back up. It's an asymmetrical game. So you you have one person who's the predator and you have a fire team of either three or four. And as the fire team, you go in and you complete these dumb missions where you hold down square forever um, to complete missions and find things. And as you're doing that, they have uh, like um, kind of like jungle troops or whatever, like these drug people completely, like literally I'm not explaining it because it's not explained in the game. There's zero story. Um so there's these bad guys with guns and they come in and try and kill you, but they're no threat to you. Literally almost no threat at all. You just can, broken AI or what? It's the AI. They're not meant to be dangerous, right? They're not really meant to be the smartest AI. They're kind of just meant to distract you, which is exactly what happens. But they're so laughably not a threat. It's ridiculous. Like you can walk up behind someone and knife them like, three times they won't turn around they won't shoot you it it's just not fun that's, that's and uh, you know you have quests like oh you have to go collect some money and you go and you you know press square at these different places and collect some money and the whole time you're worried that the predator is going to come down and the game shines when the predator is hunting you right he's close you can see him he's in the distance you're trying to complete this trivial objective that doesn't really fucking matter and you know oh he's up in the trees he's aiming at you and he hits you comes down he can wipe people out pretty quickly but the predator balance is really bad the first predator you get i think is like the hunter um and he is just i mean you can wipe him out in two seconds but then the level 50 yeah but the, the, the level 50 predator is like the most tankiest bastard so completely, ever completely overpowered oh he can take he can take all your whole fire team in one swoop i mean they don't have to do use stealth or anything now it, the, is this like friday the 13th where the squad is controlled by players and there and there's one person online that is also the predator yes yep so and it randomly chooses it out of the lobby no, kind of. you queue now. You queue in. Oh. So you can queue in as the fire team or you can queue in as the predator. That's I don't another like thing. That. The predator the predator queue times are long, like six and a half yeah, minutes. Because everybody's probably queuing to play as predator. Right. So you're waiting between matches a long time. And then I would assume the fire team would be a long time too. Like, you know what I mean? If everybody's queuing to play predator. Or are they yeah. just like, no, how the, long does it take you to get into a match? It takes so if I want to be a fire team, the longest it's ever taken me is two and a half minutes. Okay. Like at the like, and that was mainly because there was like some sort of server error. I think uh, you can jump in pretty quick if you want to play as the fire team. And they have customization and they have certain things. It's just all, eh. Unfortunately, I was really looking forward to this game. I picked it up and it was kind of an impulse buy. I probably shouldn't have bought it, but I wanted to play it because I love Friday the Thirteenth. I wanted to support the developers and I had seen gameplay and it looked pretty fun. And it just the and people you know people are. Uh, criticizing the the shooting the first person shooting controls it, they're they're fine they're serviceable it's not it doesn't it's not call of duty but it's not bad either it's not nothing right yeah it, it's not horrible it's fine it's passable you're I mean, you're playing predator hunting grounds you're not you're not playing call of duty and battlefield and all these games that really yeah, this matter. is not a triple a title you know so uh yeah that's that's a shame because like i said you know we really love the hell out of friday the 13th it was janky it took forever sometimes to get in matches uh but it was fun once the matches begun um you know ilphonic i do like what they're doing with this uh i hope they i kind of hope they stick with this uh this theme of making these old 
seventies and eighties movies into video games. I, I hope that continues. I would like to see them do something different. I would like to see like a Ghostbusters game from Ilphonic or, you know, uh, maybe a Top Gun game from Ilphonic. Right. Think, that would be really like cool. That. I, I, I hope they stick with that, 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 that becomes their kind of their MO, but, uh, that is kind of a uh, disappointing. It did look kind of cool, but like you said, I, I kind of get where you're coming from. The trailers did turn me off a little bit. It just was like, uh, it felt like more of the same maybe of like, okay, someone's going to be the, the, the killer and we have to either take it down or get away. Uh, in this instance, obviously predator, you have the ability to, to actually take out your foe where Friday the 13th, you could kill Jason, but it was extremely hard um, to do. So I don't think we, I think we did it once when we had the entire lobby stage it just to get the trophy. I think right. I remember doing that once, but yeah, uh, um, yeah that's, that's yeah, kind of a shame. It sucks. It sucks because uh, the game will get better. It will. Uh, it's still not going to be, you know, a 10 out of 10 game, but it's going to get better. So I, I, I don't feel terrible with my purchase. It will in the next couple of months, they'll patch it and fix it and add more content. And, you know, but really it's so it's a $40 game. And then they added Arnold Schwarzenegger in there and you have to pay to get the skin. You have to pay to oh. play as Arnold Schwarzenegger. I'm like, <laughs> what the fuck? I'm like, the game is it's like partially broken i haven't run into issues but i've seen people online where it crashes for them all the time and i have all kinds of issues i'm like really you're gonna make people fucking pay to play as the coolest character like why that's it's just oh it's yeah so the, sem- the seminal character too like that's like if they made you pay to play get as to the chopper yeah like that's kind of are there any other uh characters from the movie is uh oh the what is the guy that was uh he was Apollo a Creed. Apollo Creed. Yeah. <laughs> I don't uh, know. He's not in uh, there. Carl Weathers. Carl Weathers. Yeah. Oh, God, he's awesome. I, I fucking love that guy. But yeah, no, he's not in there yet. I mean, hopefully he will be. But I will say this. about I will say the music is phenomenal because it's literally just the Predator music from the movie copy and pasted. So, you know, all the soundtrack and the score, everything is really great. I will okay. say that. Cool. Cool. Um, I, I'm going to let you talk about that game that we've been playing, but I want to save that, for, like you said, for last. So don't mention it just yet, but I want you to give your uh, you've played the most of it. So uh, when I when it's time, we will. Do you have any other things you want to mention before that? No, sir. It's all you. Uh, so I'm really excited about a game that I've been playing and it's going to surprise the hell out of you. It's going to surprise everyone because. I've been in love. I played this game all the time when I was uh, younger growing up. I played almost every iteration, but I have been in love with FIFA 20. Um, I'm not crazy about sports games all that much. I used to play 2K a lot. I used to play Madden. Um, if they ever make NCAA football again, that will be like I will I will probably get every trophy in that game like i love ncaa football um but i a game that has always been just a fun it's always just reminded me of like arcadiness is fifa like just something you pick up and put you play for 20 minutes and you go and you you have fun with it i have you ever gotten into fifa oh yeah i used to play fifa religiously back in the day i love fifa i hadn't played it since probably i had fifa 17 but i never really played it because i got it for free on playstation plus and then before that was probably FIFA 14, FIFA 15. I just kind of, you know, you, you you buy those games year after year and they pretty much are the same thing over and over and over. Um, Madden is way worse than FIFA. I think every Madden I've game I've played because I have friends that play it and I'll 
be at their house. And I'll be like, yeah, let me check it out. And it's exactly the same as it was the year before. FIFA does tend to improve somehow. They even improve their graphics almost every year. Um, but uh, I got this on Origin. I'm playing on PC. Uh, I have I pay you know $9.99 for Origin uh, access, and I, it's on there uh, for not free. You're paying for it, but I, I downloaded it with that. It's on there. And I was really disappointed two weeks ago because I downloaded I really wanted to play it because it finally got added. And... I couldn't get my controller to work. So if you're on PC, there is a fix. I looked it up on YouTube and now I can play with a controller. And uh, cause who wants to play oh, God. FIFA with just a keyboard, Ugh. not even the mouse, just the keyboard. Like, why would you want to do that? But uh, yeah, they apparently EA needs to get their shit together. And when doing their PC ports, because they still, there is still no official patch. I have to, I have to upload this game into my steam library and connect a controller through Steam and reconfigure the, cons- the settings in Steam and play it through Steam. So EA d- is is doing nothing for the PC side of this on Origin. Uh, but, man, I just uh, I created a character, and I'm playing a, a career mode right now. I've got a young Irish lad named Sean Bierne, <laughs> and he's playing for my favorite uh, football team, which is Manchester United. And it's just, it's just a lot of fun. I'm just having fun leveling him up, putting skill points in, um, just doing all the little mini games that level up the character's skill level and then going out and obviously playing the matches. Uh, I haven't, I'm not, it's, it's almost like that intimidation factor, uh, FIFA has in me to play online. Like I don't like fighting games. I don't want to play people online and fighting games. Right. I'm definitely not going to play FIFA online. <laughs> like it's just, <laughs> there's just, I just get my ass kicked. I'm playing on semi pro to pro, which isn't even like the hardest difficulty, but that's about where my uh, forte with the controls go. But uh, I've been loving it, man. I love, love me some FIFA right now. Uh, probably going to keep playing that until uh, last of us comes out. Uh, but the other game I've been, I've been uh, playing hollow Knight. Uh, I got that on Xbox games pass, uh, which if you have that for, PC or Xbox One, uh, you can get uh, Games Pass for uh, $1.99 or $0.99 cents for your first month and then $9.99 uh, every month after that. And man, I I want to just commend Microsoft on what they're doing. Xbox is really killing it with their Games Pass. It's the the, the titles that are on uh, PC are great. They, they don't have as many titles as Xbox One, uh, but they're just, I mean, like they like I said last week, they got Red Dead Redemption 2, which is huge to get that game for $9 a month. $9, yeah. And, um, but yeah, there's other games on there like Final Fantasy 9 and 15. Um, sea of Thieves is on there, which is really fun. It's had a lot of updates. Um, All the Gears of War, uh, Halo Master Chief Collection. A lot, lot of bang for your buck on Games Pass, but I got Hollow Knight. Um, if you don't know, Hollow Knight, I think, came out in 2000, 2016, maybe, for PC first, and then went to Switch in 2017. Um, it's a uh, it's a platformer game, um, kind of harkened back to the, it's a Metroidvania. Um, have you played it, Kevin? No, I have not. It was 2017, and I have not played it. You you need to get the I have it on Switch as well, um, but I've been I just been playing on PC because I just rather you know sit down at my monitor. But it's on Switch. You should get this game. Yeah, I think you would really like it. It's it's uh it's a lot of people say it's 
pretty hard. I'm not having that problem. Um, I grew up playing platformers such as Mega Man and Metroid and Castlevania, so I'm kind of used to the mechanics of it. Uh, but I can. There are some subsections. Uh, there are some boss fights that can get a little bit difficult. Uh, the first real true boss I think took me two to three tries, and it's. But it's so much fun. It's cute. It's a. Uh, I I still have not figured out exactly what you are. I think you're like a uh, maybe some tort, some type of bug. <laughs> and you're living in the undergrowth of the like the, the brush and stuff. And then the reason why I wanted to play this is I just I love platformers and I heard Hollow Knight's a great game and I had it on Switch and I just never really got into it. So I've been playing it now, loving it. Um, eventually, I'm going to download Ori in the Blind Forest because Ori in the Blind Forest and Will of the Wisps are also on uh, uh, Xbox Game Pass and Will of the Wisps just came out. So lots of lots of bang for your buck on Games Pass, um, but just loving the platformers of that. But uh, the last game, I'm going to let Kevin take the floor with that we both have been playing. Uh, we talked about getting this game, and uh, it's it's just fun. So what do you got, Kev? Yeah, this game is called Warface Breakout, and it is basically a Counter-Strike-inspired game for consoles. Now, it it's 5v5, and it has like a a system where you buy guns kind of in like a wheel similar to uh, Counter-Strike and Valorant, games like that. It is really fun. It is, the map design is incredible. Like the maps are really, really well done. The sight lines are great. Every little detail feels like it's been thought out. Um, You know, there's no, there's no like, there's no point in the map that's stronger than others. You can always be flanked and all these things. Now with all of the, and the gunplay feels, the guns feel good. The recoil feels good when it's not laggy and hit registration isn't wrong. Now I'm going to, I'm going to tell you that this game is really, really great. And then I'm going to complain about it for a while. (laughs) Now, all of the complaints that I have are still not completely taking away the fun, which is, crazy because let me tell you there's a lot of shit wrong with this game okay let's start with the freezes so i am playing on an og playstation i have a pro as well now sometimes when you get a kill or someone dies in the match i will freeze from anywhere between 10 and 30 seconds normally until someone kills me or the end of the round that is kind of the way it goes. And like so, when, he, when he says freeze, he means the game actually stops. It yes. stops on whatever screen he was. He cannot move. The game is frozen. All the other players around him, if there was motion in front of him, they freeze as well. And then uh, just kind of picks back up, like you said, after about 20 seconds. Yeah, it's awful. It's so bad. Um, so there's that problem, which is which is honestly the worst problem for me. The rest of this stuff you can kind of get over. It's got a couple uh, frame drops and it chugs and lags a little bit, but like it's it's an early it's it is a it is a it is not a triple A game. So they pushed it out. It was only 20 bucks. So you know, okay, right, okay, you can you can excuse some of this stuff, right? However. the hit registration so sometimes it'll show on my screen that i'm i'm hitting someone i'm shooting someone and this is a precision game so all every hit matters right so it'll say it'll i'll see four hit markers and then i'll die and it'll say that i 
I, you know, it shows the damage down at the bottom of what you did to them and vice versa. 16 damage you know, versus like 16 damage for one shot versus 250 damage. I'm like, first of all, I don't even think I have 250 health. So that's impossible. But it, it, yeah, things like that. The hit registration is really bad. And the footstep audio um, is really bad as well. Someone can be sprinting behind you and you have no idea and they knife you or shoot you or, or whatever, you know, so you think you're safe, you know, you're kind of crouching and moving slowly. And then all of a sudden this guy just sprints up behind you and knifes you in the face. And it's just like, come on, really? But with that being said, the game launched and within a day, the developers came out and said, Hey, we recognize that all of these things are a problem and we're going to fix it in a patch. They were like, there's a patch coming first week of June and it's going to address a lot of these issues, not everything all at once, but the big game breaking ones, we're going to fix it. It'll be better. I promise. So I've been holding on hope that this patch that comes out in a few days is going to fix those problems because man, it is, it's like, it's like crack. Like the game is so fun. Even with all of these problems, the gunplay feels good. The strategy feels good. The maps are great. The music's good. It just feels right. What do you think? I completely agree with you. Um, you know, we had talked about getting this. It was funny. I, I, I had showed it to Kevin. I was like, hey, check this game out. It looks cool. It looks like uh, CSGO for PS4. And he was like, okay, cool. And then um, or you, you at first had said, yeah, I got bad reviews. And I was like, oh, okay. I'll, I'll look more into it before I make a purchase. And then I texted you and I was like, well, I've watched some gameplay and it doesn't look that bad. And you were just like, I bought it. <laughs> <laughs> and so yeah. I was like, well, okay, well now I got to buy it too. So I, I bought it and for 20 bucks, you're getting about what you paid for. There's only one game mode. Um, if you're familiar with counter-strike global offensive, it is uh search and destroy. That's the only mode that is available currently uh, two teams uh, split up two teams of, I think six is the max two six V six and you go and you, or maybe it's five. Is it five? I think it's, I think five. it's five. So five V five and you go through the map uh, to one team's the defenders. One team has a C four to plant at the uh, objective. If the C four explodes, uh, that's, that's a win. Or if all team members from either team are wiped out, that's also a win. So, the map design, like Kevin said, is fantastic. Um, and if you're a fan of first-person shooter games uh, like Counter-Strike, uh, older games like Quake and Arena, Quake Arena and Quake Champions, and some of these games that that the level design just feels good as far as being this type of shooter. Like you really do have to check your corners um, because if you peek one, and that's that's one thing like. I've been very bad about I used to play Counter-Strike a lot, and then I, I haven't in a while, and I've been playing so much damn Call of Duty. You cannot play this game like Call of Duty. Uh, I think my KD in COD is like 1.25 or 1.5 or something like that. And in, 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 in this game, it's ass. It's 0. 0.4. It's it's horrible because what I'm doing is I'll, I'll kill somebody, but I've left myself vulnerable to a flank. So you really kind of... It does encourage camping, but that's how these games are supposed to play. Like if you play there's so there's there's only one game mode, but there there's casual or hardcore to play on that. If you go into hardcore, um, you're definitely playing with better people. I would suggest, you know, you probably want to play this game with a mic anyway. You want some kind of communication. Um, try and get you a team of four other people to go. But in hardcore, it's definitely a little bit slow, more methodical, uh, because people are playing the way that you're supposed to. Um, there is friendly fire in hardcore mode. Um, 
there isn't in the regular uh, casual is just fine for me. Like I said, I'm trying to get my KD better. I'm trying to uh, do better. I, I like what they're doing with this game. Um, there are loot boxes, there are microtransactions, but none of it's all cosmetic and none of it, nothing is pay to win. Yeah. Um, I, I, it has its charm and I've wanted counter-strike to come to console for so long and having a game like this uh, just, it just feels good. But um, like Kevin said, he's playing on uh, he has it on a base PS4. I've been playing on the pro and I am not having those freezing moments. I think it's done it maybe once or twice, but it was like for a split second. Now, I, there is a freeze, like Kevin said, that happens after a kill or if you get killed, uh, which can throw off the timing of your shooting and the hit registration is pretty poor as well. Uh, but for the most part, it's it's a really fun game for 20 bucks. You should check it out. I really want this game to uh, have some legs to it so please go get it warface breakout um so it, yeah it's 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 a really good game and i i really think you should check that out uh with that being said we're going to go into our main topic now topic so going into our main topic uh talking about uh warface breakout and it you know maybe there was some rush on it i like you said i know it's not a triple a game um but this seems to be an ongoing issue. Games are launching and we're not entirely sure if this is a finished product that we're getting, or was this game kind of rushed out the door? Um, how are games uh, just basically coming out unfinished? Don't you feel like that's happening a lot, Kevin? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, companies are expecting you to pay, you know, $60 sometimes, $40, this, that for games that are just either not complete or just don't work. They're just, broken. And I know that there are some things that developers can't necessarily understand until they get thousands and thousands of people playing them with weapon balance and things like that. I'm not as worried about all of those things. It's the it's the lag, it's the hit registration, it's all of that stuff uh, or systems, complete systems that just don't work. We'll get into some examples of that later um that really bother me when they're asking for a full 60 bucks. And you know, my thing is I'll pay I'll gladly pay more than $60 for a video game if it's worth it and if it's if it stands the price. I mean like I I've said I've said this many times, video games are cheaper now than they ever were. Uh you know, Sonic the Hedgehog I think was $75 $80 for the Sega oh. in the 90s. So I mean I get where you're coming from is saying you know to pay $60, yes. Would you have paid $60 for Warface Breakout? No, absolutely not. I think they I think they knew what they had at twenty dollars. This is one game mode and it has these problems. They're trying to work on it. I I love that when my thing is, is when a game comes out and it it does have its issues, at least be engaging with your fan base and with your install base, because if you're not, if you just have a game that's broken out there and you're not saying anything like that's not a good look. Um these games, we, I don't know what it all entails. Uh, I mean, I have a kind of a general idea. I, I know more than the average gamer about how game development works, but as far as like the technical standpoint, I don't know how to make a video game. You know what I mean? I don't know how to, you know, put all those zeros and ones together to make polygons. And I, I understand that is very difficult work. Um, but uh, what I'm, what the point of this main topic is to try to get down to the nitty gritty. Whose fault is it? Is it publishers that are demanding? They 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 set in stone that they say, okay, look, 
EA wanted Anthem to be done at this time, and it has to have this much polish on it before we can get it out, and after everything after that, uh, we can deal with updates. Or is it a developer that is taking too long on a project? Um, you know, crunch is one of the main factors going on in video games development these days. Um, or as a consumer, are we just too bitchy? I don't know. I think it's a combination of all three. What do you think? Yeah, I think it is a combination. I mean, when you start looking at specific examples, one of the most egregious ones uh, that stand out to me is Fallout 76 because they had this massive press conference and they were like, you know what? You know, you look at all of these features and everything and, and you might think, how does this work? Well, it just works. And it's the meme, right? It's the no, it doesn't. Meme. It just works. <laughs> and Fallout 76 was the most broken piece of janky garbage that a company has put out in a very long time. And and things like that, where you're telling consumers that your game is technically savvy and fantastic and you're pushing the envelope and it doesn't work. I mean, come on, people. You know, it it's it's just it's so used car salesman-y, you know, it, where they're just really, it, they're just saying, oh, the car, oh, it's fantastic, never been in an accident. And you check the Carfax, and it's been in two accidents, and it's been rebuilt. And you're like, what the fuck? That doesn't make any sense. What's, you what's know? the dude? What's the dude from Hello Games that made a uh, No Man's Sky? What's oh his my name? god, I don't know. It's well, been he's so a liar. He was a liar. He like outright lied for two years about what his game was going to have in it, and that's another aspect of it. It's it, it's not just broken games, but we're getting games that aren't finished. That that have lack of content in them. Uh, no Man's Sky was one of those games. Um, Anthem was supposed to be a game that was going to be uh, filled with content. It was going to get that destiny feel, but it's going to be this third person action adventure RPG, like MMO light type game. And what people got was just bare bones, just back Garbage. and forth. Same stuff, the customization of your kit or whatever they were, whatever the, the your javelin, I guess maybe yeah. something like that. Uh, they were, it was just, it was not fun. And now I know there's like this very, very minute cult following of people that loved Anthem. And I, okay. I, I don't fucking know why. Like, I just can't like that, that game. Bioware is such a shell of a company that they used to be. And I, I would love to, I would love for like, you know, I love Danny O'Dwyer's, uh, no clip documentaries. Have you watched those? Yes. I, he does amazing work. They're the best video game documentaries around. Um, they're probably one of the only real ones. Um, but I want him to do a little bit more. He he's so PC with his game documentaries that he he's he he rubs their dick too much. It almost feels like, like way too much. Like he needs to get in there. I would love to see some, pre- but I get why. You know, like he gets so close access. Like he got he made his Bethesda documentary while Fallout seventy six was being developed. And so I, I totally get from his standpoint is that he doesn't want to um, set out to offend these developers so he, they won't ever let him back in their studio. You know what I mean? And word does travel. And sadly, the video games industry, I think we can both agree, uh, is more of a – I'm trying to Exclusive. To, well, no, I just kind of like a – almost like a two – almost too liberal of a, of a a side to where 
you can't offend anybody in games industry or development because they won't let you have anything. Uh, There's people in in, uh, games journalism that aren't allowed access because of certain political beliefs that they have. Uh, I'm not going to name any names or talk about any other podcasts on this podcast, but there is, I think there's a, uh, uh, an outing of, of people that are allowed certain information. And so I get why, He's not that way, but I would love to see like a nitty gritty uh, to stay back on track here, uh, a a, a documentary on what the hell happened to Bioware. They used to make the best games. And, you know, the last uh, um, Mass Effect was very subpar and, you know, Anthem. And it's just I where what happened to these companies? And so I what I'd like to talk about for a minute is just like, where are where where do we go? Like, what do we need to do to as consumers? Is, can the onus be on us to fix these issues that these companies have? Do we need to to stop demanding that these games come out? Like I've been waiting on Cyberpunk for, you know, since it was announced, I think back in 2014, maybe was when that first like CGI yeah. trailer came out and like we've been waiting for these types of games to come out, but I'll gladly wait if it means they come out finished and polished. And I think one of the main problems today, nowadays too, with these games that are coming out unfinished, um, uh, one kind of uh, way to, to, to not piss your fan base off that I think is kind of like a sneaky trick that games industry does is say it's a games as a service because look at destiny two, when that game came out, it was just very bare bones. Once you finish the main campaign, uh, they, they announced, well, a raid will be coming in two months. And then, you know, you had the crucible and that was pretty much it. There was not any content. You look at destiny two today, the content is outrageous and it's not technically an MMO. So, you know, what I'm getting at is, are these companies, is that a cop out for them to, to do games as a service? Because oh, we can just update it further down the road. It is. I think it is in, in a certain way. And the biggest thing that we can do that we have control over as consumers is, is that if you think a game is going to be broken at launch, don't buy it. Yeah. And I know it sounds a little hypocritical because I bought Warface Breakout knowing that it was a little bit broken. But that was something that I knew. Like I knew that it was broken and I didn't buy the game until I read the developer's full breakdown of everything that they were going to fix within a matter of days. So I saw that and I was like, you know, I, this is a game I'm really going to get into. I, I just I have a feeling and I don't want to get in when everyone else has been already playing for a few weeks and they know the maps and they know the guns and they know the meta. So I kind of want to be there at the beginning. So I'm going to take the investment. I'm going to spend the $20, which honestly is not a huge investment. And I think the game is probably worth a little bit more with how good it's going to be. Um, but it easily could have been free to play as well because but they would have had to you know, inundate it with a little bit more microtransactions and that stuff. I don't want to see. I'd rather pay $20 for a game and not be beat over the head with microtransactions than the other way around. But I knew going in what I was getting now with Anthem, people didn't really know. And no, they didn't. And, and IGN and all those people, they kind of were given the reviews and it was coming out and they were like, it's good. Right. And it was not good. If if you watched reviews of people who were actually really excited to play the game and who don't have maybe as big platforms or they're YouTubers or podcasters, you would hear these people and they'd be like, don't buy this game. It's not it's not good. It's literally 
bad. It, it The guns are generic. They don't feel good. The javelins, like their special abilities are cool, but it's, it's unbalanced and there are so many issues and the story doesn't make sense and the missions are kind of weird and all of those things that made the game fail. Ultimately, people played the game and then their player base dropped so fast. Don't buy the game. If you think it's there's a potential that the game is going to be bad, don't buy it. Yeah, for sure. And like my uh, to add on to that, don't trust reviews. Uh, my biggest thing that I've learned over the last couple of years is like I love like looking at sites like IGN for like breaking news and, and like some of their videos that they do. Um, but I learned a long time ago to stop trusting major outlets uh, for their game review scores. And it's not just IGN. A lot of other major outlets are guilty of this too. Uh, they have deadlines themselves that they have to meet. And there are so many games that come out and not enough journalists that whoever's reviewing that game may not be that great at a third person action adventure game or somebody that's reviewing, you know, say Overwatch, but they've never played a competitive first person shooter ever. That happens a lot in games journalism these days Um, where I get my and what I suggest to everybody else that's listening do before you make a purchase. Uh, the first thing you should always do is never, ever pre-order a game. Don't pre-order it. That is the dumbest thing and is the biggest scam I've ever seen in games industry, um, ever. When you pre-order a game, you're giving that company five. I think five is the minimum at GameStop. I think Walmart is $10. It may be raised now. I don't know. I haven't pre-ordered a game in so long. But what you're doing is you're giving that company $10 of your money, right? That promises you copy of that game. Kevin, when is the last time a game came out that you could not find a copy of? Never. I I honestly can't think of a time ever. And here's another thing too. If you get buy games digitally through your PlayStation and I get it. I like owning games physically too. I like having the case and seeing like the collection on my nightstand and all those things. I think that's cool. But if you buy it digitally, there's no need to pre-order. And what's funny is you can pre-order digitally, which is right. fucking hilarious to me that PlayStation has a deal. You pre-order, you, but you have to pay the full amount and you get $60 and you get a little timer on your on your media bar yep. that shows this game comes out. And I think you could even do it for The Last of Us 2 starting like two years ago. Yeah. So pe- there's been people out there that have had a timer ticking down for two years. And that is the <laughs> dumbest fucking thing I've ever seen. Because what if that game never came out? You know, and and like that game is digital. It's not like they're going to run out of digital copies. They just upload the file and you download it from the cloud. That's that's literally all you're doing. And you're paying for for that uh, license to to play that game. Right. And so I just don't understand, like, don't pre-order. That's number one. And number two, the thing that I do uh, to avoid review scores, I go watch Twitch every major release there's somebody on Twitch playing it. I'm not saying go watch a streamer or Ninja or somebody that's popular. You can go find whatever. I'm not worried about what the streamer is doing, but go watch the gameplay. See how it performs. See what platform that that person's playing on. And then go look at another, say there's somebody on Xbox and then kind of compare the two in your own mind and make your own decision. I think we get caught up um, as gamers. We rely too heavily on the media to influence our purchases. I know as a, as personally, me and you don't do that. And I know there's probably people listening. No, I don't do that. But, but the moral majority does. Uh, they demand so much of these uh, Metacritic reviews that 
they they want to they that's what they trust in. I'm telling you, there have been tons of poorly reviewed games that are outstanding video games uh, that are that are well worth your time and money. You just kind of got to look for them. So definitely, those are the first two things: is don't don't pre order games and just just watch reviews or uh, you know watch gameplay footage. Don't look at a, a two minute review that somebody and and that's another big thing. Those major outlets like IGN and some of these other they they have to review these games within weeks. Right. You know what I mean? Like they, like they are, they have one week. They had like right now, last of us two is under embargo. The game comes out in two weeks. The embargo was what? Four days ago. Started four days ago. Yeah. So they have until that embargo ends, which is going to be a week before the game. So technically that's only IGN is only whoever's reviewing that game for them. gets two weeks to play that game. I'm sorry. That's I don't want to play a game like I don't want to trust somebody's review that only took that that crammed all that in. You know, you want to take your time with that. I don't think that's a fair decision. Uh, to you can't make a full assessment on a game like The Witcher, Skyrim. You know, hell, even games as a service like Destiny Two. You can't make a fair assumption in just two weeks. So that's another thing. Stop looking at these review scores. Yeah, uh, the the review scores are are really not. Ac- they're not they're not great descriptions and of, accurate of, depictions of, of what how the game is of money f- versus time played it's it's just not it's not accurate no and something that i i will give a lot of sites credit for is that they've been doing like updated reviews on games uh which i think is actually very helpful because a lot of games launch in weird states like we're saying right that there's input lag there's all kinds of stuff like we were playing hunt showdown uh, for example, and God, I started playing the game with with Joseph, and it's like you know, it's you know, it's two people, and you're going in, and it's kind of hard to explain. But the, there was input lag; like I was I was pressing buttons on my controller, and the input lag was horrible. I mean, at least a second, at least a second. And and this is it's a precision game; like you you literally First have shooter competitive. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, and I was I, I was like I can't fucking I can't play this thing and and I looked to see if the developer had said anything and they hadn't and I'm like that's weird I'm like maybe it's just me this and that and then a couple days later you know there was a full breakdown talking about all the things they wanted to fix but I'm like you know what why oh, you you didn't play test the game to find out that you had almost a second worth of lag really you didn't yeah you didn't that think game, about letting that game, people know. The game had been out for almost a year and a half on PC and it runs great on PC. Like if, if it was that broken, don't release it. That's, 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 that's probably our next big thing is these companies are like, there's different ports of games that are just come out. Just maybe it runs fine on Xbox, but is poorer on PC. You know, Batman Arkham Knight ran great on both consoles, but PC was literally broken uh, for almost three and a half, four months before that game was even playable. And it's like, why, how do you not know that? You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, and that's, that's the thing that really bothers me about it all is that we're the ones spending the money and they're the ones supposed to be telling us what we're getting with the product that we're getting. And they're not being upfront and they're not being honest all the time. That sucks. That sucks to know that a developer can sit there and say, Hey, buy our game. Although we know it's generic and doesn't, it's not what we promised and it doesn't run well and it sucks. You know what? Why why not take that extra time and and fix the game? Now, he, this brings us into kind of the other 
coin, you flip the coin and it's the publisher side, right? It's the people who are funding the game and they're saying, well, we need to get this game out in the second quarter of the fiscal year because we need to make our money and show this. That is the reason these games are being pushed out. They must not upset the shareholders. (laughs) Right. Yeah. It's the funny, it's the angry Joe. It's, what's it, Corporate Commander? Have you you ever ever watched any of his his reviews? Yeah. And he he does that stupid character. Oh God, it's so cringy. But you know, it it's literally the corporate commander, right? It's the guys who's looking. They're looking at the dollars and cents, saying, "We need our money now," and that is awful. And it sucks. And you don't always you don't see that with films. You don't see it in a lot of other mediums, but but video games because they're such an interesting mixture of artistic and technical prowess that you can't get anywhere else right so you have a lot of developers working you have a lot of artists working on it you have actors you have um you know all kinds of scenic designers and directors and all these people need to get paid video games are very expensive to make and if they're halfway through development of anthem and they're like wow this game's actually trash i mean what do you delay it another two years to completely rebuild the game basically or do you just put it out and hope that you know eventually you're gonna update it and it'll get better yeah that's that's the problem is there's no happy medium and there's no consistency with video game developers. Um, like we said, we love video games. That's why we're doing this fucking podcast. We love video games that much. Um, we love developers. We love these games that are great. Like I can't commend Sony Santa Monica enough and Corey Barlog for what they did with God of War, but they had that game in development for a very long time and they took their time with it. And what they released was a finished product. Um, And they had Sony throwing them cash to help make this thing. I know other developers, you know, like Ilphonic. um, They don't have a ton of money being thrown at them. I I think Friday the 13th was made through a GoFundMe was how it originally started. Yes. And I get that. But when I think, and yeah, I know, I know that's another thing too. Um, I've read Jason Schreier, uh, who was recently of Kotaku, who now works for, I think he works for Bloomberg. Bloombies. Um, he wrote a book called Blood, Sweat, and Pixels, and you know he talks about the the strife that developers go through that happen to make that crunch, and then sometimes you do run out of money. And but my thing is, is like when AAA games are releasing broken or incomplete. That's completely unacceptable to me. EA is not running out of money to fund Anthem at all. They they had a budget that Bioware probably met and broke and probably met and broke again. But if they wanted to, if the company really wanted to make a game for their fan base and Bioware wanted got to make the game they wanted to make, because it sounds like there was a lot of info in, uh, from what I've read, there's but there was a lot of uh, outside influence from publishers and shareholders that had no idea how video games are developed, but had ideas they wanted for the game. Um, you know, that's a problem. Yes. Uh, there, there's a, there's, a, I, I don't know how to fix that to where you have this coexistence of publishers need to shut the fuck up and just lend the money and let the professionals who know how to make these games do their job. I, I think that's a major issue. Um, but at the same time, some developers need to learn when to make deadlines. Uh, Metal Gear Solid Five released in a complete uh, unfinished. It was unfinished. The game was unfinished. Um, now, 
Do you notice that? I mean, if you're not a hardcore Metal Gear fan, no. Um, if you're not a hardcore video game fan, probably not. But it's just the story is very uncohesive. And I know that's <laughs> I know that's hard saying that about a Metal Gear game, but it didn't fit anything. Most of the dialogue is uh, you could tell they probably intended to film cutscenes, but they had to do them in like these cassette tapes that you find and all you get is the audio. And the the last chapter of the game is completely unfinished. It they they released as a bonus. They had the concept art of what was supposed to be in that chapter. <laughs> That's horrible. So, and 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 but the thing is, is Konami. They they I think Metal Gear Five was in development for seven years, six or seven years, and Kojima took his sweet ass time because he wanted it to run at 60 frames per second, have this open world and have the graphical fidelity that his games are known to have. But at the same time, he did not deliver a finished product that, that actually is on Kojima production side. They did not finish that game. Um, they, he kept wanting more money. He got money. And then, you know, finally Konami said they had enough Sh- ship what you got. Right. We're done. And they had to cut ties and it sucks because that was one of the greatest, you know, tandems in, in develop video game development history, you know, Konami and Kojima, they, they, his games, he, he kept, but at the same time, you know, he kept Konami on the map for so long. So it's, it's hard, man. Like we could sit here for hours and debate like how to fix these problems. Um, and we just, but we're the, like you said, we're the consumers. We're the one paying the money for these games. I don't think it's out of line for us to ask for at least some polish to it. I, if you don't, if you want to up, you know, continue the story of a video game over DLC over time, fine. But don't give me something that runs at 15 frames per second and is janky or buggy. Like they just, especially when you're trying to make like games that are competitive shooters, you know what I mean? Right. I, 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 I agree with you. I mean, we could debate all day about how to fix it. It's, it's exhausting. And, and, it stinks that there isn't that much consumer confidence in certain developers and games. You know, you kind of hear through the grapevine that, you know, such and such game might, you know, eh, maybe it's not what, what what it's cracked up to be when people get or when media gets hands on behind scenes. And, you know, you hear rumblings here and there uh, in articles that maybe so-and-so, this person's not so happy with the way the game's turning out, or they're having issues here or there with crunch and this and that. Bottom line is that gamers need to recognize what's happening, vote with their wallets. There are developers that get kind of autonomous rights in the way that Okay, Naughty Dog, you want to delay your game two years? Well, okay. Maybe you can, right? There there are developers, and especially first parties, right, are are get a lot more leeway with developers or uh, developers Bethesda. of yes, than than your Bethesda's and your different companies like this that are just they're pooping out games that don't really amount to much. I mean, Fallout oh. 76 is is atrocious. But what I'm saying is is like the video game industry has always kind of gave Bethesda slack, you know, like fallout three, the dog, you could be downstairs and your dog's upstairs and his head's poking through the, f- the floor. And you're just like, Oh, that's just that Bethesda charm. Right. Just a big old piece of shit. But man, it's fun. Isn't it? Like, yeah. Yeah. Why, and there are developers they, that they shouldn't. And it, I think fallout 76 was the final straw for a lot of people. Fallout four was the final straw. When I played that game, 
it was, I mean, it was set in Boston, right up my alley, right? I'm, you know, originally from the area, so I was really excited to see it. And the game just wasn't good. Like, it just wasn't Fallout 3. It yeah, wasn't it was, as good. It was, it was polished better than any other Bethesda game I've ever played. You know, Skyrim, when it came to PS3, was basically unplayable. Um, <laughs> still to this day, it's not that great. It's definitely runs like you could have an Xbox 360 and a PS3 side by side. And Skyrim is just horrible on PlayStation. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Bethesda always seems to get a pass. And I, I don't think they like you said, I think wait, uh, Fallout 76 was definitely the, the last straw that broke that camel's back. And it's going to be interesting to see what Elder Scrolls six uh, brings to the table. Uh, Pete Hines came out recently and said, don't expect to see that game for several years. Good. I hope I don't fix it. Yeah. Yeah. Same. And, and the the one thing that I do like about a lot of these first party releases is that, you know, they're not going to be a janky mess. When you play the last of us, it's going to be polished. It's going to be a polished product. When you play ghost of uh, Tsushima, same thing. When you play gears of war, you know, it's not going to be janky. Rockstar games. Well, Rockstar, there GTA Online was a mess for a long time. True, but I'm, I'm what I'm saying is there is a they call it that Rockstar polish, like right. you know GTA Five, like the the campaign, and then Red Dead Redemption Two, uh, Red Dead Redemption One. Those games run fantastic, and you you you're definitely getting what you pay for for a Rockstar game. Um, those that's 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 the other side of the coin where those those are games that were in development for a really long time and you know cost a whole lot of money to make i think red dead redemption is the most expensive video game ever made and um but it shows the the polish of that game it it runs great i cannot believe like i said last week that that this game runs on a playstation 4 yeah it's it it really was jaw-dropping so i i just you know i think that Kevin, you're definitely correct in saying we we have to vote with our wallets. Um, but definitely, we need to. I think here, and I'll say this too, and I'm sure you've got it as bad as I do. You have a backlog, don't you? Oh yeah, you have a backlog that probably doesn't need to exist because I'm the same way, <laughs> yes. and I'm sure most gamers listening have a backlog. And so maybe we shouldn't be spending so much money on video games. All, and just getting all that content because just because we want to play it, why don't we play our spend our money on the things that are polished that do look entertaining to us? And I think that's part of the problem. We're overspending. We're we're creating a market for things that technically don't exist. You know what I mean? Like right. you're you're paying so much for all these games. I have I have in my Steam library right now on my PC. I have uh, hell. I'll even I don't even care. I'll pull it up right now. What are some games that I have not touched? ever uh have da, 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 black squad i don't even know what the hell that is <laughs> uh borderlands game of the year enhanced edition never played that um dishonored 2 mm. elder scrolls online fallout 2 far cry 5 mad max Mafia, Mafia Three, Middle Earth, Shadow of Mordor. There are a lot of good games in there. Yeah, um, I didn't finish South Park: The Stick of Truth, Warframe. Oh, Warframe's Ghost, a great game. Ghost Recon Wildlands. Played maybe twenty minutes of it. That's like a hundred and twenty hour game. You know yeah. what I mean? Yep. So, I, I the proof is in my own pudding that 
maybe we should hold off on buying games and really just kind of get the ones that have the polish on it. And that, that is a way you can vote with your wallet. Like, honestly, if all I bought this year was ghosts of Tsushima, last of us two and, uh, cyberpunk 2077, which I'm sure all three of those games are going to have that quality of polish that we expect it to be. Right. I'd be fine with that. Me too. If those were the only three games I bought this year, I'd be fine with that. And what that does is, is like, it it takes out the demand for some of these games that just aren't that polished. Yeah, I'm loving Warface Breakout, but do I have to have that? Do I have to play it? No, I could play it when it's fixed. Is when I could have bought it. You know what I mean? And so I, yeah, it's it, there. You have to have that happy medium. Um, what what do you think, Kev? Do, do you think uh, who do you think's more at blame for these things? Is it the publisher or the developer? Uh, probably publisher. I would I would, I would have too. to say it's the it's the people with the money money talks and they want they want their money i i, I truly think that that's what it is they're I don't making think these developers necessarily right? want to yeah i don't think developers want to release broken games but it is on the developers to the way they advertise the games that's on that's on the devs they can they can go to the publishers and say hey we can say all of these things but if you want us to get the game out in time, you're going to be dealing with a PR nightmare because we can't say that the game just works because it doesn't fucking work. We actually need another year of work on it, but you won't let us delay it, you know? And that's that's what's funny to me is, yeah, I kind of I think we're both in agreement that publishers are more to blame than developers. But on Twitter, who gets the most like shit in the face is the developer. Yeah. Like nobody's nobody's blowing up Activision for Modern Warfare. They're blowing up Infinity Ward. And it's like, well, I mean, and honestly, some of that hate is credited to them. They are the ones making the levels designed. The game does play fine. There's no like broken bugs or anything like that, usually in those type of games. Uh, But for the main part, like people are when they're pissed off about a game, you know, it's the developer. And and like at the same time, I mean, that what I can't remember their their exact title uh, that's under ZeniMax. It's. It, they're based in Austin. It's a Bethesda branch that made the majority of Fallout 76. Yeah, it was but like their. Yeah, it's like it was like their. They were saying it's what their C team basically that made it. And yeah, that shows because. But that's the thing is, it's like they're the only ones that made. They mainly worked on that game the most, and it's like, was there not enough overseeing from like Todd Howard and his team? You know, so I don't know. Uh, it's it vote with your wallet though. I think that's that's basically what we can do as consumers do you have anything else on this topic no not really i would just say uh be careful before you buy do your research watch things on twitch make sure you know you get a couple outlets that maybe you trust this person's reviews over you know the outlets reviews or whatever and uh and vote with your wallet if your game's broken and you can't wait to buy it and you don't care that it's broken that's fine buy the game but if you if you're going to get frustrated with the fact that it's broken do not buy it for sure. Yeah. I think it, uh, um, that's that, that's the nail on the head is just vote with your wallet and be cautious because at the end of the day, I know developers do want to do, most of them do care about video games and they do want to, uh, make a product that you are going to love. They love seeing when, how much we love a game, but at the same time, they don't have to buy it. You know what I mean? You do. So just, just be cautious with it. Um, guys, this has been the remote gaming podcast, uh, for the week of June 1st, 2020. 
Um, we're going to sign off. We're going to kind of do it a little bit differently. Like we said at the beginning of the show, this has been a very, uh, hard week in our country. A lot of people are hurting. Uh, a lot of people don't have to, they should, they shouldn't have to be hurting, excuse me. And, um, you know, our thoughts are with the families of everybody involved in, uh, the, the killings that have happened over the last couple of days, these senseless killings that, uh, you know, we, I'm not there at any of these places. I can't say what and what is not fueled by racism, but it sure doesn't paint a good picture. And, um, we're just going to sign off. Um, I'm Joseph King. I'm Kevin Corkum. And we're just going to kind of leave you with a few moments of silence. And, uh, if you're listening to this, tell your friends, um, let them know, uh, let us know what you think, uh, remote gaming podcast.com. But, uh, Just uh, this whole week's been shitty. I hope it gets better. We'll see y'all later.